What is up, my dumpster-dwelling hot dogs? It's your new home, Wolf the Dog. And I am here to slather y'all in various sauces while giving you the pleasure to hear my soothing voice before being digested into the endless void that is Wolf's tummy. Oh, and also, we are hitting your eardrums live from 694.2 PTBP. This week's Howlin' with Wolf comes from at Mr. Sean Bailey, who tagged at Pretending Pod on Twitter. You should do that too, my hot dogs. They write, Greetings and salutations, Wolf. Longtime listener, first time shout outer. I need to give props to my former ninja partner, Carol R. Without her, I would not have blessed my ears with the sweet sounds of 694.2 and the boys of the Contention PD. So thanks for that. Anywho, keep on howling, my dog. Well, Mr. Sean, I'm happy to hear you've been enjoying the show. But please, Wolf is no person's dog. And I don't howl on command for any person who just tells me to. Not unless there's a dumpster full of sweet meat in it for me, baby. Remember, if you want to write up something for your wolf to howl, tag at Pretending Pod on Instagram or Twitter, tag Pretending to Be People on Facebook, or write a five-star review and email us at pretendingpod at gmail.com. Those iTunes reviews are apparently an absurdly effective way to get our nasty noises into more strange ears. Ear canals. Also, the contest happening over on the subreddit ends at 11.59 p.m. Central Time on September 23rd. All entries have a shot at winning a D&D 5th edition starter set, and the winner will receive a hardback slipcase set of Delta Green the role-playing game. Check out all the hideously delightful entries on the thread at the subreddit, r slash pretending to be people. Speaking of the subreddit, a few people there seem to have been paying close attention to the news. Last time, Clark unexpectedly shattered the aquarium in an attempt to save John Lee Pettymore, who was trapped underwater by the unnatural forces of Marvin Glass. The two opened the door to Glass's office, unleashing a relentless surge of water that caught Keith up in its current before he was lifted out of the drink by Marvin Glass. The two of them, Clark Bishop and Keith Vigna, stood face to face with the head of the Glass crime family, and he showed them a Polaroid picture from the odd camera that depicts the two of them with Kevin in a world where everything is made out of darkness except the ground which is made of light. This is spinning out of control y'all. The only thing keeping me steady is the repetition baby. It is kudzu with no backbone. talk too much up top on this episode yeah i want to get right into it but honestly. thomas isn't here so i figured i'd share something he just said when we were in the kitchen okay <laughs> we were talking about ed kemper and luke said what how tall was he six foot nine and he had an iq of 145 and then you said that'd make him a really uh he, he could have been a really good basketball player and like probably taught at MIT. Yeah. And then Thomas said, instead, he became the world's greatest skull fucker. <laughs> oh, goodness. Which is oh, no. monstrous. 
and uh, he, and 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 unfortunately, and unfortunately, factual. factual. <laughs> he should have just sacked up and kill fucked his mom earlier. Jesus, would have saved would have saved the lives of a lot of people. So <laughs> let's dive into dive into is an interesting word as you're all standing right. on water. Luke, I don't think I described it to you, but your feet are standing on solid ground. So but you're I, standing on water. So uh, that description, I thought maybe there was just like like just like a tiny puddle or no. No, you are standing on what you think you what you started trying to swim through when all that water rushed into the hallway. Yeah. You probably uh, so got dragged by Marvin Glass like physically like up up like onto the water. 40 meters up on top of the water and okay. now you're standing there and he okay. has just asked you what you know about this picture after i would say a solid 10 to 20 seconds of just complete silence from keith mouth agape okay actually hold up some stuff happened before this so clark marvin pulled you down like the way that you moved last time, as soon as you made it to your final destination there, whip snapping into position, he immediately snapped and you just went unconscious. And during that time, when your eyes are open, you're just standing there, but nothing, nothing is seen from your end, from behind your eyes. And Marvin and Rosemary continued to discuss this picture and He's holding it up and he's looking at it and I just look at him. He's not. There's something I. You gotta send me over there. You gotta send me. I. I don't know how, but we gotta figure out something. Something we gotta. They continue having this discussion that you're not quite privy to the information of. All of a sudden, Marvin perks up something and his lack of facial emotion still twitches and he turns and looks up into the corner of the room up to where the elevator in the room next to his office, far above and far beyond the scale of this room, he sees the elevator door moving and he immediately holds out his hand. And there's a, there's a confused look on his face when this creature arrives in his palm, his long fingers wrapping around a softball-sized fish head with a human body attached to it that is the size of, like, a Barbie doll. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was like, hey, hey there, sir. Hey, oh, gosh, I'm just so sorry. I uh, I don't know what happened last time that made, made you sure want to do that, but I... Oh, I you know, it was a real interesting place that you sent me to there, and uh, I, I've never seen anything like it of the sort, and there was some uh, feelings inside, I will say, that you survived in that environment this whole time. And yes, 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 of course. Well, you know, I, I just, you know, gonna go on and go on and find whatever's next, you know, the next great adventure for all me, you know, now that I'm uh, finally out there, you know, I'm a chai frat, 
you know, I got friends now, and I've, I, here I am talking to, like, the, <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine what, you know, it feels like to be, to be me right now. It's just very nice, and um, as this conversation is happening, you see our, uh, Rosemary is <laughs> just staring down, bearing down on this strange little fish fella, and Arvin says, you know, I I am looking. And he kind of looks over at Rosemary and looks back at Peter. And he says, I am in need of a new number two. And Peter's like, oh my gosh, a number two? Is that like, I, I can't even imagine doing anything of that short of nature. That's absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I mean, and he looks over at and Rosemary, who's just arms crossed. But Marvin's face, once again, takes a different shape. And it's like he smells or he feels some sort of sensation. And immediately his hands move. And out from the water come Keith Vigna and this scientist lady. Scientist lady with the, uh, the white, you know, soaking wet lab coat and the the hair maniacally going all on on top of her head and the goggles and as soon as she sees peter dieter she's extremely extremely happy to see him and and keith you looking around this room you're, you're now standing on this water like i said and you see these odd people i mean the situation is very strange you've got rosemary in this room you've got marvin glass next to her behind his desk you're next to clark bishop who is just now seeing you and opening like his eyes to the world. And you also see in like Marvin Glass's hand or maybe on the desk now is Peter Dieter sitting down there. And I, I said, need you. I said, Peter, I'm glad you're all right. I am glad that you're all right too. I, after the last time in our meeting, I thought, oh gosh, there's absolutely no way that he's going to make it much more than one episode. Like no doubt about it. What's your language? And Marvin reaches out and shuts down Peter Dieter. Peter Dieter just stares with these wide eyes, these wide fish eyes, and this tight-lipped human mouth. And I need the both of you to roll a power check for me. Hmm. Uh, fail. 60 on a 50. I also fail a 79 on a... 60. I rolled a 42, which is a success against you. And therefore, when Marvin Glass asks you a second time what you know about this picture, you have to tell him like a compulsion inside of you. You must tell him. Okay. Joe doesn't quite remember. Do Tell me what I would know about it. I mean, I, it's it reminds me of the place that I was with Maggie, correct? Totally. Okay. Other than that, I don't know. It also reminds you of the other pictures. Right, right. That's what I was going to oh, say. Oh, sure. That we know where these come from. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. I'll tell him. Hey, oh, uh, they're, uh, they're, um, it's that camera there and I point at it because it's sitting on the desk. Yeah. You, you, you take a photo and it shows you things that aren't there and uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Than- we thought they were maybe from a different dimension or from the past or something. How many pictures did you take? I turned to Keith. <laughs> I, th- two or three? 
Uh, there was one with all the people with the torches and the old-timey uh, clothing in front of blackness, like a black building. And then there was another one of uh, we saw uh, John like, a cowboy, like a cowboy like with his hand up yeah. to the camera. And a guy with tribal tattoos kneeling in front of him or something like yeah. that. Say and that again. A man with tribal tattoos? I think... I, I, I believe I recollect that. And a man with uh, dressed as a cowboy or with a cowboy hat, uh, looking almost as if he's trying to block his face from the camera. You also said the name John Peters. We saw there was one with him in stocks, wasn't there? Yeah, that w- I think that was the first one, one of the first ones we took. And did did he have fool branded on his forehead in that it, one? I think it was in that picture. Yeah. And in all of them, that's it's just like a black inky background as you guys are having this conversation there when when you guys say that one of them has tribal tattoos rosemary perks up and you notice and as you're finishing this conversation you see she is eyeing the gun so hard the tube gun on the desk on the desk and i like handouts a lot i think i've given you guys a lot of handouts over uh over the years that we've been playing but this is an audio format and handouts don't always work and the way i typically use handouts is i hold them until you guys do something that would unlock the handout right in this instance you have unlocked a cutscene. Okay. Whoa. I don't play video games, but this is a. Uh, I didn't mean to sound so assholeish <laughs> when I said that. I don't. I don't play video games. Play video games. I live them. <laughs> All right. I don't waste time I on frivolity like desperately video games. wish I had time for video games. <laughs> but I work and go to school and produce this podcast. Fuck me. <laughs> One day I'll play video games. But anyway, this is an audio cutscene of what happens next. Ooh, nice. Rosemary dives for the gun. And as she grabs it, Marvin reaches down and flings the sphere off of the desk at her. Multiple shiny limbs extend from this small metal sphere and slam into the desk and the water below, giving it the leverage it needs to fling its silver round frame at its target, Rose Mary. One of its appendages slices into the soft tissue on the back of Rose Mary's neck. Another snaps her head forward, and you hear the fracture as a third metal tendril reaches in, gripping the top of Rose Mary's spine where it meets her head, and it rips her entire spinal cord out of her body in one swift motion, promptly forcing itself into the now vacant spinal column of this human being. The new Rosemary standing before you has a crazed look in her eyes as she blows her nose into her hand, slams the mucus into the empty chamber of this weird gun, and squeezes the trigger on the odd-looking revolver. There's an almost blinding flash of light that illuminates your entire field of vision, and then, as if she had never been, the body of Rosemary is gone. I need you both to roll sanity for me. What the absolute fuck, Zach? I don't want, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> I don't want to play. 
anymore. I quit. I'm going home. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. I was stoked, and then I wasn't. <laughs> I rolled 100. Yes. He rolled all the zeros. I rolled an 82. What was this on? A sanity check? A uh, sanity check. I rolled over my power with an 82. All right. This is very fun, guys. Yeah. This is very fun indeed. So basically, I have this set up in uh, scenarios that you write. Oh, yeah. Hit me Real with fast. It. She shot the gun. Was she aiming at anything? Nope. So like, where was the muzzle pointed when it went off? As soon as she grabbed it. So just like. Just pulled the trigger. Anywhere. Yeah. Okay. It was just like aiming at the back of the room or okay. whatever. Cool. So when you write a scenario for Delta Green, you write in these things that can happen. And when the PCs come across them or see them, you write like roll sanity. And then you write how many sanity you take. And a lot of them are zero slash one, which means if you pass, you take zero sanity damage. If you fail, you take one sanity damage, right? right? But then other ones are like one slash one D six. Or, sure. you know, whatever. This one is uh, 1d3 slash 1d3 plus 4. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. So, Joe, you're going to roll a d6 and have it and then add 4 to it. Oh, okay. Instead of just a d3. Do you have a d3? No, you're right. I oh, wait. I yeah. I was thinking a d4. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can roll a d4 like if you triangle, want. like triangle. Three. <laughs> yeah. You can roll a d4. Uh, so I rolled a four. Okay, so that's two plus four is six. So you lose six sanity. Wow. What am I going to do? You automatically take the highest amount of sanity damage. So you're going to take seven sanity loss. Okay, that puts me at negative one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Clark, where's that? Uh, Joe, where's that put Clark? That puts Clark at sanity seven. He still has a breaking point at six. Oh, shit. <laughs> So I'm 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 uh I'm fine. Yeah. I'm just crazier. <laughs> oh my god. So, Luke, yeah. At negative 1 sanity, you really can't go negative. It's just zero. I'm at zero yeah. Then. Uh so typically in Delta Green you would lose complete control of your character. However, I trust in you to be able to play a fully insane PC that I'm going to let you hold on to that character and do whatever you want with okay. him. Okay. As he completely uh, loses his fucking mind. <laughs> because we're in the end game here. Right. <laughs> there's no point in uh, having you bring in a new character when we can just make this one fucking nuts. Okay. <laughs> I, can, oh, I, no. I can do that. Uh, so you're going to always be in your most negative state. So you're going to roll negative 20 on everything and you are going to automatically fail sanity checks and you are going to always... Or, or automatically succeed them. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, because everything is real, everything is good to yeah. you, whatever. And you also have you have that thing that happens when you when you roll sanity over your power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna be that all the time. Okay. Yeah. So here we are. Give in me this one room. moment. Sure. I gotta look up what that is again. Joe, just uh take off your headphones real quick and plug them ears. So it's uh it's that you get extremely paranoid. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well so do you also want me to constantly be thinking well because i already think that i'm possessed by a demon oh yeah you're gonna constantly so that that's gonna be a big part of it yeah so that and be super paranoid uh -huh. okay yeah sweet okay joe <laughs> so here we are as soon as that happens the light flashes and you hear <laughs> oh fuck. as marvin glass loses his 
fucking mind. And then he reaches out and he holds on to everyone. He is straining himself to do this and he is just holding you all. You cannot move a muscle. And then you feel as he kind of waggles his lack of eyebrows, you feel your jaws begin to unclench and your tongues begin to become loose. And he rolls over his power check from earlier and says, Tell me what just happened. They, I, I don't, I, 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 saw, I saw that gun one time before and it, it was it. Uh, it did the flash thing. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You both failed your sanity checks, and so you see the ground above the water where Rosemary or the body of Rosemary just stood. All this black, shiny, viscous sludge that's down there, and seemingly inside all this muck is the placid body of Rosemary. She is lying peacefully as her limbs seem to fold into this ooze, becoming one with the sentient mass of goop that is now sliding across the water. And Marvin Glass reaches out at one of his hands and grabs it and flings it downward into the water below. And you hear this noise that you have yet to hear it's basically like, you know, like the, there's a certain kind of uh, kitchen top, like a stove top kind of thing that when you turn it on, if it's like kind of broken, the noise that it makes gets inside of your head. Like you can feel it a little bit in your throat and like inside of your body. Do you guys have that ever? I've only had gas burners, so I'm not <laughs> sure. I know that I was thinking you were like that. <laughs> right, 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 right. We yeah. used to have this. We used to have this uh, broken one uh, in in the kitchen I worked in and when it t- came on it made my throat tingle and it was, was just like a, this, like a super high pitched noise yeah, kind of it was thing. just this frequency that would break me as a person <laughs> you also do have the weird styrofoam thing so oh, it could fucking be don't say it <laughs> so it could be that but I, I know kind of what you mean I can imagine that so that is the noise that you feel as he flings this into the water I below. Used, I used to get that with tube TVs. Is that yes. what you're yeah. Yes, okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I feel you. It's okay. that 100% old know it. fucked up electronic system yeah. kind of thing. That, that, that you can kind of feel. I and, can like yeah. feel it in my throat right now as we're talking. It makes me sick. It sounds like it affected you a little more than it affected yeah. you. It makes me <laughs> sick, I say. So he threw... Uh, her body down. No, he th- oh. he threw the, the after the it had goo? already kind of become one and 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 turned into just this mass of goop, this sentient mass that was Ooh. no longer her. You know. All right. As that happens, he looks back up at you. What about that? Have you s- seen that before, Keith? With just wide eyes. I've only seen that goo one time before at, at the water park when it decimated two people. I, 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 I saw it once before. It, it, it was seeping out of a, of a picture one, one time, one that came out of the, the camera, the one of the Polaroids. I, I saw it once then. I saw it then as well. But at the water park, I think I was the only one of us that 
was able to see it. Did you see it any other times? Did it take people when you saw it? Do you know how to contain it? Or is it running rampant through your city? Uh, uh, to answer your questions, uh, yeah. We've, I've, we've, we know that it takes people. I don't know that I've exactly seen it firsthand. Maybe I have. I don't remember exactly. I think just... There was one time that w- w- me and John ran into it, and uh, there was a guy who was who was using a vacuum on it, and that, that seemed to be working until the, the bag of the vacuum exploded. Who was this man? James. James who? Just James. He worked at the mill. The orifice beneath the two slits that make up his nose kind of gapes. It's the mill. What do you know about the mill? Am I still under the influence of power? (laughs) Go ahead and roll. Ooh, okay. He succeeds with a 97. Uh, well, I, I crit succeed. It's a one. A zero, zero, oh! one. <laughs> no! Does that, is that good? <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, you can tell him whatever you want. And he is very, very convinced that you are telling him the truth. We don't, we don't know. We don't know anything about the, the mill. We, we, we never got out there. Okay. Now tell me, what do you know about these spheres? All I know is what I just saw and what I saw in those videotapes. Go ahead and roll. Oh, actually, just kidding. You just tell him. You're so fucked up right now. You just, yeah, you just immediately tell him. You say, he says, the, the videotapes and what else? What I, I, I turned to Keith. He, what, yeah, what? Videotape? I, with, with, with the the researcher, the professor, whoever she is. I, I found yeah. I just uh, I just showed him. I just showed him those tapes. I, uh, he uh, he had never seen it. <laughs> there's a room. There's a room in this building. Anytime somebody touches one of those metal balls, it does what it just did to her. And they've got a room covered in blood, and there were lots of videotapes. I just saw one of them, but I assume that's what happens every time. That's what she told me. Every time. And I told her... I told her what we did with the silver ball that we had. Which is what? We had a bag. When we put it in the bag, it disappeared. What do you mean it disappeared? It was gone. You drop it in the bag and when you reach around in the bag, there's nothing there. There is nothing? Just like out of nowhere? Like you could, it was just nothing? The little fish fella says from the desk. (laughs) Yeah, Peter? Whoa, that's amazing. That's so cool. You could just make anything disappear out of nowhere. Well, we didn't... I don't know if we tried it with anything else, but those metal balls disappeared. Balls? How many? I think we just did the one. You've seen more than one? Yeah. How many have you seen? I just think... And I look over at Clark. I just think we had two of them. One was in the, uh... That woman's head. That disgusting body's head that 
I think maybe. I think maybe John Lee had that one. He uh, he he said uh, he said uh, earlier that that they uh, done took one of them spheres out of this lady's head, and uh, that one of them held it in his hands. And Marvin Glass looks up. Is that true? Did your fellow officer hold this sphere? Clark nods. Yes. I I saw it. He he held it. Where is he now? You don't know? The last time I saw him. Oh, that's right. He died. He was gunned down and ripped apart. Did you know that? Uh, uh, No. Kind of not, not exactly. Now tell me. Why was Kevin in this picture with you? You don't... You don't know? John Lee Pettymore... The man who held the sphere... He was in Kevin's body. Marvin's eyes widen. So does Clark's. I thought... I thought you... I thought you had something to do with that. You're saying that... Your co-worker on the contention police force is inside of Kevin's body and that he grabbed the metal sphere. That's what you're telling me. Clark Clark nods again, yeah. but while he's nodding, can I look around this room and maybe down in the water beneath us? Do I see Kevin's body anywhere? Well, you do because Marvin just reaches out a hand and pulls the body of Kevin and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the wet, dead body of Kevin is in his hand in front of you. And with his other hand, he grabs onto the skull of Kevin and twists it open. In a smooth motion, like a perfect avocado. And as he pulls the head of John Lee Kevin Moore apart, (laughs) sitting inside like the pit in a perfect avocado, you see a small metal sphere. Holy shit. Says Joe, says Joe and Clark. (laughs) (laughs) Is there viscera or is it? Oh, yeah. Is his brain in there? His brain was in there. It was like split in half as well. Yeah. And and the sphere was like embedded Embedded in it. Was there a a spine? Marvin Glass turns it over to one side so that he can hold the ball like steady with half the skull. And then he peels down and just rips the body in half completely dropping the other half into the water and you see where a spinal cord should be there is nothing there what zach if you don't fucking stop i'm quitting (laughs) what the fuck what does that mean keith is racking his brain since the cage fight all the interactions i'd had with kevin trying to think of any I lose n- no sanity because I don't have any. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, with this new information, I have a plan for the future. The two of you are on your way to give hmm, some heavy entertainment. So if I could 
answer any questions you may have on your way below ground, meaning death. <laughs> you can ask them and I will answer. What are those, what are those balls? What are they? What, the, what are they? Well, as you know, I've been doing research and I have come to very few conclusions, but they are not of this realm and we are working to secure their destruction. Where do you find these? One was brought to me a long time ago by two men that I was seeking out that along with one other person stole something from me. But I got them. I got them all right. And one of them stuck around as my loyal bodyguard for many years. But he brought me my first sphere. And I have been doing research ever since. Was that... that was Kevin? That was Kevin. And he looks at the half body in front of him. But it seems Kevin was compromised. Who was the other man? I do not know. What what happened to him? Well, he perished in my need to gain knowledge. You see, when you break a man, oftentimes one of the easiest ways is to break down his ability to communicate. And when someone murders someone that they work with, they often recede into themselves and become malleable. If I forced his hand, I was getting what I needed to get. We're running out of time. You, uh, you, uh, you, you slung that silver sphere at Rosemary when she went for the gun, so you, you knew it did a thing. It tends to enter the person in, that it touches. But then she still shot the gun. It didn't work? Is that what you're saying? It didn't do what you thought it was gonna? Well, I maybe did not suspect that the entity inside would do anything other than try to kill itself as it normally does. Do you know anyone with tribal tattoos? That is one of my sons. That is Jermaine Glass. Cool. <laughs> I had a, I had a feeling. He seems to be wherever it is that this camera and perhaps this gun are connected to. Have you any more information about? This place, this other world. Roll power for me. Ooh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I pass 34 on 50. I pass a 45 on a 60. I pass a 72 on a 120. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the only way to beat Marvin is with a crit? Uh, yeah, or you can roll over him. 
and still succeed. If he roll, he rolled low enough earlier. That oh, I, oh, right. Yeah. Right, I was right, like, right. how do you roll over 120? <laughs> so I need you to answer that question. What do you know about the world that these take place in? What do you know about this other place? There are, I don't, there's, we don't know much. There's two other things like, like those. There's a radio and there's a helmet. The world of those photos, though, it's, we've, we, it's perplexed us as well. The, inky darkness around every figure we've seen it reminded us of the goo but we didn't know what that meant we had somebody take a look at that one that had a bunch of people in front of a thing and apparently all the clothing was kind of mismatched as far as time periods go as as we we, we don't know we don't know what that meant you've never seen another place that has the dark sky and the ground that is made of light like in this photo uh yeah <laughs> yeah the the old the old photos we didn't see the ground of light did we i think maybe no i think maybe no yeah i think you've just seen it, it was once. just in this right. in this particular this, picture yeah. of us. this picture and then uh clark bishop has seen it right 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 i uh i ha- i have i've 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 seen i've seen that place i've seen i've seen where we stand but i didn't I, go I, on boy talk i, I didn't we weren't all there, and I, I don't even know if I was there myself. It just, it just, it just was. I, 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 I did, I did, I saw it. I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a place that looks like that before. Yes. What were you doing when you were there? I was. I, I, I saw, I saw, I saw something in, in it. Some, there, there was a, there was a creature in that world there, and uh, there were people who were trying to keep it keep it at bay and it it's it scared me it scared me so bad that i that, that's all i know i don't know i don't know what that place was or what i saw do you have any last questions why do you want to destroy these i thought for the longest time maybe you were trying to use them use destroy when it's competition you can do either one who's your competition. Power is my competition, and greed is the contest, and I will not stop until I have attained control over this domain. Last one. Make it good. What? What are you? Ding, ding, ding. Clark Bishop, I am not from here. I am not one of you, but rather one of many. We are in control, and we run things. However, from the bureaucratic standpoint, I was getting bored and ready to go out on my own. The government has so many rules, many of which are easy to be broken, however. I do not take orders kindly. And I left them a while ago. And I have been battling Myriad ever since. Myriad? Marvin Glass snaps his fingers and the two of you go unconscious oh my god
Oh my God, Zach. Holy shit. You guys wake up in a small cubic room, an armory. The metal walls on either side of you are covered in every type of weapon, armor, gadget, and contraption imaginable. The wall in front of you has a doorway with a set of steps leading up. The wall behind you has a square window with absolute darkness on the other side. What? Is that, that's all just guns, stairs, and... Guns, stairs, and a window to nothing. And, and each other? Are we both there? And each other. I check my pockets. Do I still have my gun on me? Well... <laughs> um, here's the thing, is that you are reaching for it, and Clark Bishop sees this. <laughs> I, I, do I, I, I search myself. You have it. Okay. Are you, are you, you, you looking for this? And I hold up the tiny powerful gun. I want to knock that out of his hand and head for the, the closest gun on the wall next to me. <laughs> uh, you do that and a cage appears in the square window and uh, it's a cage that you would recognize. It's the cage that you've been in before and inside this cage is a man so massive that he barely fits and his muscles bulge and press against the inside of his cage and Oz Mayhem Wolf squeezes himself out and into this room hello I see that we are oh fuck how did <laughs> I was just in Marvin um, <laughs> I was inside him hello everyone yes here's where I am I am Oz Mayhem Wolf Oz Mayhem Wolf and I am here to, uh, I guess we are all fighting together. He runs excitedly to go grab his stuff and he grabs a pair of boots and some shoulder pads, a football helmet and a pair of gloves. And he, uh, he's all jazzed up and he's putting on all this stuff and he heads over to the stairwell excitedly. I call after him. What? What, what, what do you mean? Fight? Are we fighting e each other or are we fighting something else together? I don't... What's going on? I think we are going to fight as a group, uh, but you guys better prepare because time is running out and a timer begins counting down. What are we What are we going to fight though? As uh, the timer starts counting down, water begins filling up this room from your feet up and you need to start grabbing I, stuff. I start grabbing stuff. I want you to come up with whatever you grab in between now and our next session. Okay. I'm going to give you a full week to decide what you're bringing with you. Wow, okay. Because you can have pretty much fucking anything. You can have any sort of armor, any sort of gadget, any sort of weapon, anything like that. Is there any chance that Oz looks back and says what we're going to be fighting? No, of course not, <laughs> because that would be no fun whatsoever. Uh, but I will say that a circle opens up in the ceiling above you at the top of the stairs as you guys all grab everything that you brought with you and head up the stairs. And a disorienting amount of light and sound pours in and you hear violently chanted by an unseen crowd. Play Goodness, oh, I cannot boy, wait oh, to boy, pre brainstorming. <laughs> oh my god. I've been waiting a year for this. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. 
What I'm the like fuck? I'm like so stoked. Wait, so when we woke up in this room, did we feel anything? In what way? If we lost consciousness, did we wake up like... Uh, it's weird. You've actually been healed up to full health for some reason. Well, that's not what I meant, but that's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I meant that. I like, like, did we feel like we had been like knocked out or whatever? Uh, yeah, like some sort of, uh, some sort of immediate sleep. Like you just became in this other place. You just came all over it. <laughs> Did we did we really get all hit points back? Yes, you Holy are fully fuck. healed and ready to go. As Keith hears this the screams from the crowd, I look at Clark and say, "Planet Juggernaut." I barely knew her. Not. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we got to pull the comedy tag off this podcast. <laughs> So we've been playing a closed game, which means that we leave the room when the PC is not there. That way you can keep secrets from each other and stuff. However, the next episode is going to be, um, this is going to be kind of apparent. So I figured I'd let you guys be in the room for this scene with John Lee Pettymore as we lead out of this episode. So John Lee Pettymore. In a dark room, lit by various electronics and machines, we see a massive, shiny metal sphere, 20 feet tall, with silvery arms extending from either side. A tube connects this gargantuan ball to a machine below. The machine begins whirring, and we see a small metal sphere, roughly one inch in diameter, begin moving up through the tubing into the larger, armed version of itself. As this happens, you, John Lee Pettymore, feel alive again. You feel your consciousness extend itself throughout your new body, this colossal monument to destruction. A vast circle opens up in the ceiling above you, and its disorienting amount of light and sound pours into this dark room, revealing text painted on the back wall that says the same thing you hear violently chanted by an unseen crowd. I uh, <clears throat> I give my new hands a tentative like punch together. Oh. <laughs> kind of dig in with oh my foot. Oh my god. Oh my god. What the fuck? Sorry boys, but <laughs> <laughs> looks like y'all about to get juggernauted. Oh shit. I, I, gotta, I gotta fight him, right? Yeah, you're gonna yeah. fight him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold back. Oh, fuck, oh no. dude. This is uh I can't I can't wait to kill Keith. <laughs> <laughs>